0: Let's weave you a tale. You go weaving in the last ride, not the last stand. No, not the last. Not the last trip. trip. Not,
1: not even trip. the last ride. It's just
0: last ride. Yeah, it's no, no the. Last, uh,
1: holiday. Although, in the book, there is a the. The movie lost the the. the they mm. Facebooked it. Yeah, there's just Ooh, adaptation. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. <laughs> they did change something. Honestly, I, I was, I tried to do some research today into this movie, and, uh, there, there's, like, no comparisons. Fucking nobody saw this movie or read the book. So, uh, well, research on this one was a little tough, but hi and welcome to Behind the Hype with me, your host, always, Brian Dressel. With me, as always, is Chewy Darso. Hello. And Jonathan Hardesty. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I'm trying to keep the energy up and lively, because <laughs> we watched a fucking bummer of a movie. <laughs> oh, yes. Bummer. <laughs> I knew it was going to be a bummer, too. Like, as soon as I saw it, was called Last Ride. I took a look at Hugo Weaving in the movie. I'm like, that looks kind of sad. And then I watched the trailer. I'm like, oh, that looks real sad.
0: <laughs> I mean, you don't even need to watch the trailer. Hugo Weaving looks really unkept. His son looks unbathed. And he's holding a gun. Hey, it's going to be a sad movie about a dad and his son.
1: Yeah, I mean... Short of, like, having Cormac McCarthy attached, you're like, ah, I know this is going to be a bummer. If you saw his name, you're like, well, now I know for sure it's a bummer. And then, no, it's still just a bummer. I
0: should make a movie called Male Bonding, a bummer tale. Because there's so many of these movies. I wouldn't yeah. would
1: say, like, a bummer tale. just like, male bonding, colon, it's a bummer. <laughs> <laughs>
0: trying to think of any like male bonding movies that's happy like wedding crashers
1: pineapple express
0: i love you man there you go so there anything go. with paul rudd in it <laughs>
1: right right paul
2: rudd oh man could you imagine the blowing of our minds that would happen if paul rudd was in a a, a
1: male bummer movie oh my god if you were to swap out hugo weaving for paul rudd in this movie no you're not
0: allowed to that man plays happy roles
1: Right, I mean, it's in his contract somewhere. You you just can't have him in there. I've seen Hugo Weaving in many a not happy role, but nothing like this. Yeah. <laughs> not like this. Not like <laughs> not this. Like this. <laughs> Do a reference to a Hugo Weaving movie. <laughs> 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 oh man! But what? before we get started, I actually have aware of they've been doing this week. Does anybody else have one?
0: No.
2: Just, uh, uh, slightly, on but it's it's Stargate. more of just going back to the Marvel stuff again. I watched a. Uh, uh, i said the, almost said the first soldier uh the first <laughs> avenger captain america yeah solid movie
1: and he's yeah. made it
2: choose up the scenery and is delightful as red skull but that's all i mean that movie's been talked to death so what else yeah, can you it, say about it
1: uh well I'm, i also watched a movie that's been talked to death and uh and then for some reason i feel like it's kind of been forgotten as we've gotten older i watched babe uh oh Hugo Weaving, if you don't remember, is in Babe. He plays Rex, the sheepdog. Like, the one that Babe has to, like, win over. He's like, nah, you're a pig, not a dog. And he's like that grumpy sheepdog. And Babe woof, just woof, warms woof. his heart. And And I, I almost picked it instead of Last Ride. And given our attitudes towards Last Ride, it might have been more <laughs> helpful for our mental well-being. But Hugo yeah. Weaving's barely in it. So, kind of like John's uh, Captain America, I don't have a ton to say. The little bit that he's in it, he's very good. But yeah, just what a, what a, what
2: a, adorable is not the right word, but just a pure movie. I don't know. There's yeah. just such a pureness to that movie that every time I watch it, it's just, yeah, absolute
1: joy.
0: I haven't Beyond, seen Babes since I was a small wee child.
1: Beyond, it has a little bit of pacing issues. Like the, the pedals to the metal, like pretty much from frame one, like they don't really let you stay in scenes too long. Nothing overstays its welcome. Some of them get to be welcome. Like it's just, it just moves. Beyond that, the movie is virtually flawless. Like, it's just heartwarming and wonderful. There's not really anything bad you can say about the movie Babe. Unless you don't have a soul or something. unless you're a real dick. Unless you're Hugo Weaving from Last Ride. There's nothing bad you can say about it. I'm
0: going to go with human washing.
1: Human washing.
0: Where they had people do the voices of the animals instead of just letting the animals speak for themselves.
1: That's fair. That's fair.
0: Yeah.
1: That would have been a much better movie. I
0: mean, they made it in Milo and Otis. There's no people talking in that movie.
1: We're not going to talk about Milo and Otis.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
2: But, but do you the audience sense what we're doing here like with our whoever they've been doing we're trying to
1: bring our spirits up a little bit a little to bit. then bring them back down <laughs> to just bring them crashing back down <laughs> as we start talking hey
0: in the movie they're fine
1: yeah in yeah. the movie Milo noticed all the animals are fine don't
0: look up behind the scenes
1: <laughs> right I'm, still, no. I'm I've just told myself that's an internet rumor and it might be but until then you know we just have to assume that a lot of cats and dogs just went for a ride down the river.
0: They were fine. <laughs> no, They were. <laughs> but I just Everything came up was with some right? analogy in my brain about the yeah. last ride being the Trump presidency.
1: Okay. Well, we'll do you want to get it out of the way? Yes. Okay, go for it.
0: Okay. So, Kev, played by Hugo Weaving, is Trump. Chuck, his son, is the Republican Party. And this is all about him losing the election and not understanding he needs to just give up. Okay. Yeah.
1: There, there's definitely an analogy he, there.
0: He's not very nice to a, a Muslim woman. Uh, he just kind of goes for it with the woman and doesn't really give her the opportunity to say no.
1: After openly talking about how she has either a husband or a boyfriend, he's like, yeah, yeah that's fine. Just cheat on him with me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I need to do a breakdown. I need a breakdown. We're right. in way ahead of ourselves here. I appreciate the Trump analogy. It's pretty spot on. Um, but let's actually start talking. Last ride, and to do that, I will do a very quick breakdown. Uh, Last ride is the story of a man who has committed a quote unquote violent crime, is what they tell you in the description, and he is on the run with his son. Uh, his mom is out of the picture. We don't ever see her. They just tell him. They just tell us throughout the film she that she left. She left. She was a criminal she liked doing bad things with people just was not ready to ever be a mom and uh hugo weaving was left with the child and every now and then he would take care of him when he wasn't in jail uh and now he uh, has found that one of his good buddies i'm just gonna jump right to the the meat of it might have been molesting his son The audience is led to assume that he has been molesting his son. Or
0: was about to.
1: Or was about to, although the kid says it doesn't happen and they never give us any clarity beyond that. Um, But either way, Hugo even walks in on his his buddy in bed with his son in nothing but his underpants and beats the ever-living fuck out of him, throws him into a wall, the guy hits his head, cracks his skull, dead. And now they're on the run. Um, And the boy is stuck in this situation where he loves his dad His dad is also an abusive prick. But it's his dad and it's that horrid relationship, very tough to handle. And they're on the run and they go out into the bush and everyone's chasing him. And he realizes that if he stays with his dad, he's either going to end up exactly like him or he's going to die. And he has a cell phone. He lets the police know where they are. Police come to get him. His dad kills himself. Bob's your uncle. Kid can swim. Oh, I forgot to mention the kid can't swim. No. Nope.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> did I did I misinterpret the ending of the movie? Was it not just about him swimming?
0: It's about him doing the thing that his father kept wanting him to do.
1: Yeah, it was a joke. Yeah. I'm trying to keep the jokes in here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's your movie. It's a, it's a real bummer. It's um, Bob's your uncle. Yep. It's, that's
0: a British thing, not an Australian one. Yeah, they true. might use it every now and then. I don't know.
1: Yeah, who knows? fish on the barbie
0: we're very american (laughs)
1: i'm gonna try to get the australian colloquialisms out of here because you know we're not very good at them so
0: so let's go get some vegemite sandwiches
1: all right let's talk last ride instead
0: (laughs) (laughs) i honestly would try a vegemite sandwich i don't understand what it is yeah i would i know it's like a peanut butter type thing or jam or something
1: i'm into it i'll give it a shot why not um so there's not really, like, I don't know how long today's episode's going to be. We'll try to fill out the hour as much as we can. But at the same time, there's not really a ton to dive into on this movie. Th- this is one of those films that came out in, like, the the late 2000s. Uh, I think it came out 2009, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was you're one right. Of those, it's one of those films that came out in that time when we're like, hey, are we, are we cool being really bummed out by our movies? And everyone's like, yeah, everything's fine. So, you know, fuck it. Let it rip. So they can do these movies that are just, like, gut punches after gut punches and just horribly sad and no redeemable characters and it's just a bummer throughout they don't really make them like this anymore i'm sure they will again at some point here in the future but it's just kind of that weird like oh yeah i forgot how much movies could just bum us out back in the day
0: they go through phases they
1: do they do and there's a whole theory behind it we've talked about it before in the podcast but this is definitely from that period of time where it's like oh yeah let's just give it a shot how bad could it be Real fucking bad. Yeah. Um, and watching it out of that time frame where things are not, you know, in the right climate to watch these bummers of movies, they, they can hit you a little heavier. This one, yeah. I think, because I knew, like going in, I'm like, this thing is just designed to be sad and unrelenting. And I looked up some of the reviews that just talk about how Hugo Weaving, you have never hated more. Like, and he's played villains before, and you've never hated him the way you'll hate him here, because you've hated him as a villain, you've never hated him as a person. Like, this is a person that you hate. And, like, I gotta say, like, Hugo Weaving fucking crushed this role.
0: What do you yeah, say no, at the end of this movie, it? I was wondering to why I liked him.
1: I would never use the phrase tour de force because I don't like the phrase tour de force, but he is a tour de force in this movie. No,
0: we need the phrase tour de force because then you know it's an independent film.
1: <laughs> right. That is true. That is
0: true.
1: <laughs> Fair. Um, I'm sorry, John, you were saying, you agreed on were leaving? Yeah. Watching this, after watching this, I just wasn't sure
2: I liked him as a, person which is a weird feeling to have because with his other villainous roles you're like that's hugo weaving he's pretty cool i like this guy and i like how he plays these roles and after this being such a complete shit in this movie i just had a lot of thoughts and questions at the very end just like wow he played this so well that he made me even almost not like him like there i don't know how else to explain other than to agree with you and elaborate and repeat what you said
0: <laughs> well it's just because when he plays villains in other movies, they have a purpose. They have a goal. Yeah, they're altruistic in their own mind.
1: They are the hero in their own story.
0: This guy definitely hates himself. Oh. Like I can't see him not.
1: And I, I think that's shown the best in the uh, in the scene where he he and uh, Chuck have taken refuge in a uh, in a museum,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he's a, the world's worst fucking father. So as soon as his son is passed out in a museum. Uh, That they're illegally entered, he decides to fuck off to try to go get laid in a bar. And while at that bar, he sees the news come and say, we're on the lookout for Hugo Weaving because he murdered this dude. And that's when he realized, oh, I murdered the guy. I thought I'd just beaten him up. I murdered him. Fuck. And then he goes and looks for a fight. Like this guy hates himself. He picks a fight. He knows he's going to lose to get the shit kicked out of him because he just found out he killed his friend. Like this movie does these sorts of things incredibly well. Like it, it more so than I expected because I just like I really just went in like like thick skinned, just trying like I'm not gonna be sad. I won't be sad by this movie. I know what it's trying to do. You won't best me. So I didn't see this like really clever filmmaking things coming. And like I really appreciate those moments, especially when it's done well.
0: This is just one of those movies that I'll be like, yeah, it was good. It was well made, but and it was then very I, and then well made. Know, and like, then I don't know where to take it because it's like, well, kind of that,
2: like that's that's kind of one thing that's interesting about these misery movies. And I don't, I don't mean to use that like in a derogatory way or me, make light of it, but. Uh, There's something to these and we don't we we can get into a rut of um really uplifting movies or adventurous movies or exciting movies to have these kind of dour takes really make us have to think about what makes a movie good and i don't know it it's a different pace for movie watching than we're necessarily used to especially in our retrospectives here um just yeah, this is so well done, but it's hard to articulate because it's also so miserable.
0: And it, there's some other movie I saw once. I don't remember the name of it. It was about a boy who started out in foster care, but then his mom came back and took him. But his mom was a complete mess. So the rest of the movie, you're watching him interact with her, his mom, who's a drug addict, and then him getting physically abused by one of her boyfriends, and then getting put in back to where she grew up, which was apparently a religious cult, and then getting through all these terrible things. It's just a movie watching this young boy go through terrible situation after terrible situation, and then ending up walking down the street in the middle of the night holding his drug-addicted mother's hand. And at the end of that movie, I'm like, what was I supposed to get out of this other than that boy's screwed? And I kind of had that feeling towards this movie, too. This movie had a little bit more heartwarming moments to it. And it's just... I like slice-of-life films. This one, I guess, was maybe trying to be, like, a slice-of-life in the way that you're watching this downtrodden father who's clearly made terrible decisions and cannot control his impulses at all and how that type of person themselves cannot properly raise a child and he definitely realizes that at the end of this movie. If anything, this movie ends better than that other movie because the kid is at least getting away from that situation because he's now dead.
1: Well the the end of the movie is a, a gut punch for many reasons. It's a gut punch because the kid he had to realize the situation he was in and realize that he was stuck in it unless he was willing to take action. Yeah. It took a 10-year-old child and put, like, the most difficult decision most of us have never faced and made him make a decision. And, like, the fact that the kid, uh, I'm forgetting his name right now, uh, Tom Russell, did such a good job, like, selling that decision. Like, throughout the entire film, you'll see the whole, like, I unconditionally love you because you're my father, but I don't want to be a part of your life. You can see it on his face in every scene. And, like, it just... I'm not exactly sure at which point the turning point was when he's like, I gotta turn him in. It was either when he was ditched out in that uh, the lake area, like the drivable lake, I don't remember what it's called. Um,
0: it's, so, it's like a salt flat or something. Yeah, like,
1: he was, he was ditched there, he was beaten senseless with a belt, like... The, the kid should not be with his dad, but no one's going to tell him that. He, the dad's girlfriend, Hugo Weaving's girlfriend, at one point's like, maybe you shouldn't. And, but she's not going to do anything to actually do anything, because she clearly loves uh,
0: she, Kev. She loves him.
1: She loves Kev. There's no way around, She shouldn't love Kev. She knows she shouldn't love Kev, but it's that whole, like, you can't help who you love sometimes. You just need to be smart enough to not fall for it. And she falls for it, because he's an unrelenting prick.
0: I guess this movie's a little bit better because, at least in this movie, the child actually makes decisions. The one I described earlier, I probably hated it because the the boy never actually chooses anything. He just kind of goes along with every terrible situation and manages to not die. <laughs> uh, this movie, clearly, he the child is having an arc, and he is realizing what he needs to do, however upsetting that is. But uh, these movies just don't do much for me. That's fair. I don't know why. It's because I just don't. I feel like they're not actually saying anything while desperately telling me they're saying something.
1: I, I don't. I didn't feel that way this time. I, I thought this movie actually had had quite a bit to say about relationships and decisions and unconditional love and why that's a has
0: something to do with getting out of a toxic relationship
2: yeah yeah i think i would say i I agree that this does a better job than other ones i i uh, see what you're saying chewy and generally agree for this genre of things especially i know we've talked about a few of them in our past with after the hype and all that but i don't know there's something with the way like hugo weaving did his performance the kid did their performance their chemistry together just the interplay between them and just the complicatedness of their relationship. And I can see both your points on that, that this does a better job at it, but also these movies take a bit to, like because you're not going to get anything out of them other than maybe a feeling. It's almost like the other end of, um, I know Brian, you don't like this movie, but Tree of Life, the other end of that where it's like you're getting out of it what you're going to get out of it. But what you're going to get out of it is an emotional state of being, and that's this thing as well. Um, to put it in a very messy way.
1: No, I see what you're saying. Like there, there is definitely like a, you get in, you know, what you, you get out of it what you put into it. And if you're immediately going to go into these movies, especially like this genre, going these things have nothing to say, then then you're not going to see much of anything. And I don't, I don't think that's the wrong way to take it either, because they all. It's like uh, you go for a horror movie. Most horror movies have kind of the same idea. A lot of sci-fi, a lot of drama. Like, they're all, you know, when you package them up, they all do have specific genres, and not every genre is for every person. And I, I think this thing, it, it it kind of falls into the same genre that, like, uh, TV has taken off since, like, the 2015 on with uh, fucking, like, Breaking Bad, Ozarks, a ton of that stuff. And it's, uh, Chewie and I have called it, what is it, depression porn?
0: Yeah.
1: And I, I think that sort of idea of entertainment sort of came out of this genre of movies from like the 2000s ish time like i'm thinking like movies like this like lie if you ever saw that Um <coughs> uh the rover or oh, that was later than that but still like those sorts of movies and there's right. people who really dig that genre and they can pick up on the very like very nuanced story that is hidden beneath the layers of like, feel bad, feel bad, feel bad, feel bad. And like, oh, I learned something beautiful about relationships while I was depressed out of my mind. And it's like, are you willing, is the juice worth the squeeze? I guess is the the question with these sorts of movies. And for me personally, I really enjoyed this movie. I I thought this movie was fantastic. And and I did not expect to feel that way. I thought I'd finish this movie and go, Hugo Weaving was great. And I left going, Hugo Weaving, Tom Russell, Anita Hay, the director, the cinematographer for God's sakes, like they all did an amazing job making a movie that is incredibly depressing and I don't really ever want to watch again. But they did a great job with it. Like the cinematography throughout is like Fantastic. Especially when they get to the quote unquote salt flats, I guess is what we'll call them. I don't know. That's in America, so I'm not sure what they are in Australia. But like when they get to that area, like clearly they just had their camera like just keep shooting till the sun's down. Just get footage. Be sad, kid. We're going to just keep shooting because it's gorgeous here. And they got really good footage and they used it well. And I think that kind of holds in every location they go to. Like, they really knew how to capture their locations. They knew how to shoot their actors. They did a great job making uh, Hugo Weaving seem like an imposing figure at times and other times a scrawny little piece of shit. Depending on which scene you're watching, Man, he's either like a wafy sort of like drud addict, nothing character or he's some guy who's going to beat the shit out of you and it's the same guy in both scenes but it's all just based on camera placement choreography everything and they did everything very well so you're kind of seeing the movie through uh chook's eyes even though he's not necessarily the main character i would obviously say kev is the main character or maybe duality but still i'd say lean more towards kev but the way that they they shoot it and the way they tell the story is through chook's eyes and I think that's kind of interesting. And I think they did a really good job pulling that off.
0: I don't know. To me, Chook's clearly the main character because you begin and end it with him. I guess it's fair.
1: Yeah, I, I,
2: I'd I agree with that. and but,
0: yeah, All your points are valid. It might be one of those things where it's like... Like, I don't like a boy's life. Another yeah. way to describe it is like, we. I read a review after watching this movie, and the person ended their review by going, it's a wonderful example of the torture male psyche being universal. And I was like, what the shit sentence is that? <laughs> the tortured male psyche is universal? Except to women. <laughs> so, I understand all these things, but I'm just not going to get into it like other people are. Right. Because to me... It is not universal. Bad relationships and getting out of toxic relationships can be a very universal theme, so that I can attach myself to. A completely unredeemable lead male father figure, I'm not going to attach myself to.
1: No, and I I do appreciate they never really even try to redeem him. Like Even in his last moment, all he really does is he has the realization that chook made the right decision
0: his most human moment is when he looks surprised that his son says i love you
1: oh yeah well because he doesn't love himself so how can anybody love him so he tells his son that he loves him he's like i love you too like that's that moment just that shock of like what you do well he knows how he treated chook throughout the
2: entire movie everything he did to the kid he knows that he sees that on repeat over and over again the character at least what i pulled from it so yeah hugo even really pulled that like shock of just like after all this after all this you still did and then the kid hit him with the gut punch of like i also called the police too and uh, that was a hard scene i'll admit for me to watch oh uh, yeah there, there's a lot of dad
1: guilt in this movie yeah.
0: <laughs> that was his best moment of parenting when he says that's okay you made no- the right decision son yeah like, Why couldn't you have been this dad the whole time? Well, you weren't about to die. Yeah, because
1: he knew he was punching his own ticket. Yeah. A lot of clarity there at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
2: No, it's... These movies are interesting. They're... I I keep thinking about the review thing you meant, the review line you mentioned, Chewie. And it's like, yeah, I guess you could read that from that. But that's not necessarily as important as... uh, That those... The scene where the father is surprised the kid said i love you and the kid floating away like there's a lot of emotion in movies like this and partially why i say i love these types of movies but also why i get into a huge funk after them is because of that like i just soak up all the 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 awful the terrible the just the heavy heaviness and this movie is crafted in such a way like we've said before just camera work and lingering on the right shots the right scenery the right look from the kid to the father and the father to the kid that it's just i can't help but absorb that feeling like just the feeling of it even if i don't like if i didn't necessarily relate to that or relate to him or feel a connection with him i still could feel a connection to the just the sense of longing for that connection like there's little basic things that if you're there to feel it that's kind of the point of it i think
1: yeah and there's also just something about like that review. Just keep going, keep harping that person. But they say like the the tortured male psyche is you know universal and relatable and whatever. I, I don't think that person understood the movie. Like to say this movie is about the tortured male psyche, unless maybe that's what the director intended and I misunderstood the movie, which is entirely possible. But to say the tortured male psyche is like this relatable thing, but we don't ever relate to Kev. We don't like Kev. Kev's a yeah douchebag he's a horrible person
0: you're not giving he never gets any moments of light really even in even in like a moment when he could play with his son with the sparklers he just kind of sits away from his son
1: yeah they they kind of have a little bit of a moment and then when he gets stoned and they start telling jokes back and forth you get a little bit of a moment but that thing's brought way fucking down because he beats him in the next scene so, it's like even when you have your slight moments of levity, they're immediately just you're kneecapped, just right out of the gate. It's like, oh, I feel a little good right now. Well, stop. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, movie. Thanks. But what I was saying is, like, if to say this movie is about the torture milled psyche is, in my opinion, just a complete misinterpretation of the film because I think the movie is about toxic relationships and when to acknowledge and when to pull the ripcord. Like, that's what i not so only from. that,
2: and not only that, is that it's not going to be easy at all. And it's going to be the hardest thing you're ever going to do. Yeah. Like, that's where I would put my focus on, like, a review. Just be like, get out of it, but it's going to hurt. It's going to – you're going to be peeling yourself out of that relationship, not just jumping away.
1: Yeah. All right. I think it's time to get out of this thing and start doing some quotes if you have them. If you don't, I'll take a favorite moment. If you don't have one of those, you can just pass. I get it. It's a bummer <laughs> of a movie. <laughs> um, well, I, I have – one and i'm not sure
2: i'd I'd have to try to figure out why but when he goes and hunts the rabbit the kid it's near Mm. the end and just he succeeds in killing the rabbit but it's a slow like he doesn't quite get him so it's an instant death it's just a prolonged thing and in that moment it was like well this is the movie the movie is the rabbit's been shot and we're just watching this whole thing bleed out and that's where i kind of like you know what this is gonna there's still something worse yet to come, but it was, it was, it was very impactful on a very small scale. And even the way they shot it where you don't really see the rabbit right away and you kind of don't see the father right away after he shoots himself. And they kind of, they, the camera plays around it and doesn't go full gratuitous and stays on the emotion of the person. I don't know. It was a very impactful scene for me, but a very small version of it. It's a very
1: good scene. Um, I think mine's gonna be. It's tough because to say you have a favorite point in this movie would, would be a little ridiculous, or even like a favorite line, because there's not really a lot of like particularly memorable lines. <laughs> he shouts "Chuck" once, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think like I'm just gonna go from the film like the sheer acting and you know filmmaking of it all. And it's gonna be when Chuck tells his dad that he loves him, and just the look on Hugo Weaving's face when he hears it just like that whole thing was just so well acted it was insane
0: i liked it when chuck looked at his dad when they were at the restaurant at the end of that salt flat and just knocked all those chips off the counter <laughs> <laughs> you assert yourself child and you make your dad mad
2: oh that was the best like knock, knocking chips off a shelf i've ever seen like you could see the middle finger in
1: that oh yeah 100%. And then he had to go and hit the, the clerk which means the clerk's going to call the cops and now the cops are closer to you. Yep. Kid's getting what he wants. Joke is a smart kid. And he just
0: keeps eating the chips kind of like uh, what's their names? Roman and uh, Han and oh, Fast yeah. and Furious. <laughs> yeah. He I'm also saunters
2: cool. to the car. He just walks over there just slowly, casually like I'll so get in when I get like in.
0: And fast and furious.
1: <laughs> yeah. We're not in any rush. Fuck you, Dad. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Uh, Double features for when you're so excited to watch Last Ride again. I'm sure Chewy's going to be Last Ride twice. Um, No, I have a movie.
0: (laughs) I'll go for it. Beasts of the Southern Wild. That movie's nowhere
1: near the bummer this is.
0: Exactly. (laughs) It still deals with a really not great father, a child who's poor and doesn't have a proper education, in the backwaters part of a country and they're not being treated well by other people.
1: Impeccably well shot.
0: Impeccably well shot. But within all the drudge that happens in that movie, there there's an overlying rainbow of hope that that girl's going to be okay.
1: Oh, man. Corrin saw a rainbow this morning, and he would not let me leave until we could go look for the <laughs> rainbow again, but the rainbow was gone.
0: Aw.
1: it's a rough morning.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a little different. But *Beast of the yeah. Southern Wild is a beautiful film and touches on a lot of the similar things about this with an absentee mother and a lot of such. But I just think um, I like it more.
1: Oh, You you hit on one of my, like, possibly in my top ten of all time. I love *Beast of the Southern Wild. I think mean, that movie is magical, and wonderful. Go for hours. Um, with other adjectives. My my double feature is going to be totally different. Because I think after last ride, you need a pick-me-up. <laughs> so I'm going to go, so it's still on brand a little bit. Um, it's still a little bit of a bummer. But nowhere near as bad. It's got Paul Walker in it. How bad could it be? So after last ride, watch Joyride. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay
2: <laughs> all right all right I... the
1: wait what double feature <laughs> <laughs> well, one of those is a real bummer the other one well, I guess it's not a bummer it's not exactly a happy movie but it's, it's happier than Joyride <laughs> or happier than Last Ride <laughs>
2: oh man <laughs> oh It'd be hard to top that one, but <laughs> I. But the one I was thinking of is um, after, I would pair this with uh, Hunt for the Wilderpeople, uh, because you've got depressing dad son movie, and like a funnier version of that. Like it, it's too the similar type of movie where like what if Taiko Waititi did a Last Ride but didn't make it nearly as depressing.
1: Oh, th-
0: this is and the dad wasn't abusive,
1: right? It's just what if it wasn't a Those two movies are way too similar. <laughs> yeah,
0: this
1: is you know what if one of them was funny? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That's where I would take it. But like they didn't kill the... anyone. No, no, they just disappeared. They went bushing it. Yeah, they tried to go bushing it in this one, and they, oh, oh, it doesn't go well.
0: <laughs> they didn't go far enough into the bush.
1: No.
2: But I think it would be it would play interestingly one after the other, just in terms of comparison. Like here's here's a similar idea, but what if a, like A24 had done it, and what if Michael like, Whitey had done it? You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right. Well, we did it. We last righted. <laughs> we're, we're all we're all so happy now. Yay! <laughs> now we can all go right. cheer ourselves up. You know, honestly, like like now that we're done with it. All, if you, only, if you only care about seeing a really, really good Hugo Weaving performance, this is a good movie for you to watch, but yeah. but my god, <laughs> you're going to be bummed out afterwards. Uh, next week, we have Priscilla, Queen of the Desert.
0: It's more than that. It's got one of those, it's kind of like Tu Wong Fu, thank you. Yeah,
1: I, I don't remember the whole title. It's yeah, like, it's Priscilla. It's like the story of, or like the journey of, like there's a whole long title, guys. The Adventures of. I don't remember exactly the full title. You know, if I'm saying Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, you know what I'm talking about. That's what we're covering next. Yeah, it's not going to all fit on the thumbnail. Just saying. (laughs) Yeah, it's a long title.
0: Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. Yeah, there you go.
1: Yeah. After that, though, we have December. And as i like to do in the penultimate movie, uh, penultimate week, i like to give you uh, a good tease and tell you what's coming in December. And December, it's going to be a little different of a month for us here at uh, Behind the Hype. We're not covering a person. We're not covering an entity. Uh, If you listen to Welcome to Your Doom, you've already found out because I I just couldn't wait and I had to tell someone, so I told that podcast. (laughs) Uh, We're doing... This wasn't the fucking plan. And I feel like that's the best possible way to end out 2020. Because this was not the fucking plan for 2020. Nope. Nobody yep. planned on a pandemic and having to deal with Trump and all this. Well, we knew we were going to have to deal a- with Trump, but not quite Australia like this.
0: Australia burned down. A- People a- forgot that happened this year.
1: That was so seven months ago. <laughs> right. Uh. <laughs> yeah, there's been a lot of bullshit in 2020. The
0: koalas are still in pain.
1: Like, <laughs> Halloween oh. was on a Saturday. This was supposed to be a good year. Not yeah. the fucking plan. So with
0: a full moon. With a
1: full moon. So to celebrate, not the fucking plan. We're gonna take four movies. I haven't decided on what all four of those are gonna be yet. We're we're hitting. Uh, I've got I've got a squishy four. I'm not sure exactly those are gonna <laughs> be the exact four. But movies that had <laughs> planned something and then did something totally fucking different that really wasn't very good. But maybe the first one would have been pretty good. Hopefully, we're talking movies potentially like. Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, because that turned into Jason Takes a Boat Ride to Manhattan. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There's no Madison Square Garden climax like there was supposed to be. Uh, Rise of Skywalker is most definitely going to show up. Uh, We'll take a look at the movie. We'll take a look at Colin Trevorrow's script and go, huh. Oh, so those plot threads would have paid off?
0: We can do two movies that was not the fucking plan because of one actor.
1: Ooh. Oh man, that'd be another the Imaginarium of Doctor Parnassus. That'd be a great one. Not the fucking plan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh man. So we we have a few, and we'll we'll talk about how they had to deal with their plans changing. You know, it's gonna be a fun month, and uh, it should be a lot of fun watching movies that. Might not be that good, but are really fun to nerd out about. So I'm looking forward to the end of 2020. And then starting in 2021, we have more podcasts. Whatever they are, I haven't decided yet. <laughs> <laughs> but, but we'll still be coming around. It'll happen. I, I imagine, like we usually do, we'll probably take the first couple weeks off of the new year as we celebrate with our families and whatnot. But we, we will keep this train going in 2021. But I'm so excited for December. It's going to be a good time. And at the end of next week, we'll have our list of movies that we're definitely doing. Uh, but I I could be wrong, but I am almost dead positive at least Rise of Skywalker will be there. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, I I am so hard to diss on that. Honestly, you could do that that
0: for any of them of that series because Disney didn't have a plan.
1: (laughs) They're like, we will
0: hire different directors for each one, and each one of them will come up with their own script. It's going to work out wonderfully.
1: Oh, it crashed and burned immediately? Well, that sucks. (laughs) (laughs) We have this great screenwriter. He's going to write this great script for our new Star Wars film. Here you go. All new characters, all new Star Wars. No, we want the originals back. Well, then fuck you. I'm out. Okay. See ya. We'll have Abrams write it. Bye.
2: (laughs) Yeah, no. Force
1: Awakens.
0: (laughs) Scratch that plan. Last of the time. I'm angling
1: for Rise of Skywalker to be in there. I, (laughs) I haven't watched Rise of Skywalker since I saw it in theaters and spent... Five minutes, angrily screaming curse words. Oh, Brian at was that guy. I was that guy at the end of that movie, yeah. and I have not gone back. So we'll definitely do it because I've taken a year off of watching it. And now, well, we'll, well I, just haven't, I just haven't really gotten super
2: angry recently, and I kind of need to get that emotion out. I did the sad here, you know, with uh, <laughs> last ride, and I need to get angry.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, Skywalker. I need to we'll let the rage it. out.
1: Yeah, you know, nothing like a romantic kiss between a woman and her abuser to end out a, a trilogy. Oh. Cause he fucking tortured her in her mind. And she's like, I love you. Mwah. No, yeah. Fucking rise a He took around. his
0: shirt off.
1: And had really high-waisted pants. I love him.
0: He might have a gross belly button. You
1: don't know. <laughs> Adam Driver and the gross belly button. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the children's
1: book. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying that. <laughs> oh, I can't think of a better place to end this.
2: Adam episode. Driver and the gross, not good, totally disgusting
0: <laughs> belly button belly button Ebo. exclamation point <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, so belly button uh, see it's gross
0: <laughs> <laughs> well and we'll do an audio book right. where he narrates it
1: so our plugs this week are going to be read the children's book Adam Driver and the really gross no good totally disgusting belly button and I'm totally not joking you know check out our other shows at but check out that children's book that totally exists bye <laughs> bye bye, <laughs> bye.
0: those